Time again on Coast Access Radio to find out what is going on with Kapiti WEA, the Workers' Educational Association. That's what WEA stands for, and a pleasure to welcome back our media spokesperson. I think that's what we've called him because we've given him a pay rise over these years. Roger Pitchforth is with us. Welcome again, Roger. Yes, thank you for that, and I'm looking forward to the pay rise that comes each month as a result of being here. That's right. Don't tell the tax man. Don't tell the tax man. Well, it's good at least that WEA has at least started for... Yes, I have to say a tribute to members and tutors and everybody that everybody is really doing their best to try and deliver on the program. We've had a few changes. We've had a few people who have rung in on Wednesday saying, look, I've got a class of people with COVID and I don't think I should come, um, which is, of course, protective of our members that are likely to attend the class. So we've got quite a fluid program and things have been postponed and it's good that we have the opportunity to come once a month and talk about what the postponements are and what the changes are. Well, we still have but these restrictions, you know, for 200 people, but you don't get 200 people. We don't get 200 people. So and matter. we have the uh, Presbyterian Church Hall and we have the spacing. And now there's a bit of relaxation, so we can have a cup of tea and a biscuit halfway through the session, which is also good. Are masks compulsory or it's optional? It's optional. Uh, and it seems general that about 50% of the people keep their masks on and the other 50% take them off. But there's sufficiently distance that they, unless they sing loudly or shout, they should be all right and safe from each other. But it's it's difficult times, and as I say, it's a tribute to the members and the uh, speakers that things are still going as well as they are. That's great. A little bit of a break with the courses over the next couple of weeks. Basically, the next one is the 30th of April, Saturday the 30th of April, and this is going to be at Pataka, the big Pataka exhibition, Nomads of the Sea. And I guess good news is you might have a few people taking Transmission Gully down to it. Yes, well, this is, this is an extra incentive. Um, we should be able to go there and like nomads going to Porirua. But this is a different sort of course. Instead of the tutor coming to us, we're going there. So we're going to the Pataka Arts Museum uh, and we're meeting at the entrance of Pataka at 10.30. So that means you can set off the usual time for the course and, but go to Poirou instead. And the exhibition, T.Y. Naunguru, Nomads of the Sea 2018, it's said to be an immersive 3D installation well, I'm not quite sure what that's going to be, but I'm sure it'll be exciting. And it takes historical fact and speculative fiction. So it's what might have happened in the 1800s, I suspect. And it has the story of a female convict called Charlotte Badger, who arrives by sea in 1804 and is protected by the Napui chief. And she is interested in muskets and things that women might do. It sounds like a feminist approach to history. But whatever, I think it's going to be extraordinarily interesting. Um, We'll be touring the exhibition and the curator will be telling us what it's all about and what they've done to create it. This is quite a story. I mean, it's a true story. She arrived in 1804. We don't 
hear much about Europeans much before maybe 1830, 1840. Well, no, the, the sealers, the missionaries, um, and if she was a convict, it would be somebody who might have been either been released or escaped in, from the Australian colonies mm. and come across. I, yeah, but it's, you're right. There's not a lot that's known about what happens between 1800 and 1840. Everything crystallised in 1840 as if it sort of suddenly just appeared, but it didn't, of course. There was a lot going on beforehand. How fascinating. Amazing. So it's, it's a wonderful 3D exhibition from the sounds of things. Three yes. dimensions. Um, the curator of Pataka is going to also take you for a bit of a look around and tour of the exhibition, and you might see all sorts of things that you know you want to ask about. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and the, you can, of course, uh, go back through it after you've had the explanation and just absorb the rest of it. So it's a bit of a departure for us, but it's interesting to see how it goes, and I think it'll make it a, a very interesting morning, as you say, with a ride on the motorway to yeah. add spice to it. We should be there okay. very quickly. All right, well, that's Saturday the 30th of April at the museum, which is in Potomawana Street in Porirua. Now, the week after that, a slight change from the original timetable. It was going to be from myth to science, but that you swapped that with the... By the time this broadcast goes out, that will be over. Yeah, and that would have happened. What, what will be happening on the 7th of May is Len Cook talking about connecting public policies yeah. to the populations that they affect. And Len's got an interest in population change and public policy and the statistics and how you can interpret the statistics to find out things which might not be immediately obvious. Sounds quite actuarial. You know, yes, I think think that probably is. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting what people who understand statistics and what's behind them can draw out of statistical information, and this is what he'll be doing. And um, the way in which public policy is affected by populations. For instance, if you break down a population and find that uh, over a third is over 50 you realise that mm. if there's 20% children and 30% people under between 50 and 20, that they're going to have to do a lot of work to pay for the welfare of both ends of the spectrum. Well, we're um, all ageing and we're all living longer. We are, yes. In that sense. And yeah. in some countries, of course, they're actively looking for immigrants in the 20 to 50 age group yeah. in order to provide, A, the workers, and B, the income to pay for the rest. But... Uh, an ageing population with a diminishing replacement rate, like, say, France, if they hadn't got the immigrants from North Africa, they would be a dwindling population. Mm. Now, Len Cook himself was a government statistician. He was, um, up until 2000. And he was a national statistician in the UK from 2000 to 2005. So he's got an international sort of outlook. Mm. And um, he's also been on New Zealand government commissions and uh, president of New Zealand Institute of Public Administration and the vice president of the International Statistics Institute. So he's well embedded in the profession and 
understands statistics not only from our point of view but from an international point of view. So I think it will turn out to be a fascinating morning. I think so. All right. Well, that's connecting public policies to the populations they can affect. So that's moved. That is now Saturday the 7th of May. May. And it'll be at the Waikanae Presbyterian Church Hall. Okay. All right. Good to know. Thank you. Another couple of courses coming up. In May, climate change, that seems reasonably appropriate, doesn't it? Climate it, change. It does. Well, before COVID, climate change was the hot topic. Mm. And, of course, we have in our population a range from climate change deniers to those that are believing we have but very few days to go before we all boil, all boil alive. <laughs> so somewhere in the middle of all that um, will be a more analytical approach to what's going on. There's always been some debate as to, you know, yes, humans are creating climate change. Would it have happened naturally anyway? You know, is the sun getting hotter, for example? All those interesting sort of questions to, to ponder. Well, yes, if the if the uh, planet was populated by dinosaurs or wild animals and no humans, what would have changed? Mm. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's probably a good question to ask somebody like David Lowe, who's the tutor on this. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. All right, again, Waikanae Presbyterian Church Hall, Saturday the 14th of May. Yeah. All right, and uh, the weekend after, on Saturday the 21st, the legacy of Ernest Rutherford and Russia. Well, when we set this, of course, Russia was <laughs> no more than a, a, another interesting country um, yeah. It's, it's an Asian country rather than a European country. Mm-hmm. And we have over the past few years had Olga Suvorova talk through literature and various other things. But one of the things that she's quite strong on is the connection between New Zealand and Russia over the years, which is a, more active than you'd have ever expected. And on this occasion, she's going to look at Ernest Rutherford and... He's one of the New Zealand scholars that everybody recognises and knows about or think they know about. And he, he's he been called the founder of nuclear physics, which is probably um, a fairly impressive sort of thing when you think that up until then nobody was quite sure what radioactivity was or whether there was any benefits or any harm. And um, he had some Russian students... And this is really looking at how those students might have affected things to come. I think it's going to be quite interesting, especially with the political situation as it is now. Indeed. Olga Suvorova, is that how I pronounce it? That's right, yes. Olga's basically based in in Wellington. She's based in Wellington. Yes, she was uh, a translator and... uh, general diplomatic sort of person in Russia, uh, but finished up marrying the New Zealand ambassador who brought her home. Ah. So that's the connection. Oh, great. So she's well embedded in New Zealand society mm-hmm. and um, has the ability to look at sort of both sides, both the our view, our European view, and also the Asian view of Russia. Well, it's an honour to have her services, you know, to talk about this it's a quite a perspective it is yes yeah quite something right so that's saturday the 21st of may so those are just some of the courses coming up in uh, the next month or so and a reminder roger about 
your annual general meeting. Yes, the general meeting is going to be on Thursday the 12th of April at 3 o'clock in the Paraparam Library meeting room. And it's an opportunity for our members to just check on what's been going on, to elect a committee, conduct a coup if that's their desire, (laughs) (laughs) approve accounts and... uh, we're going to make a small adjustment to the rules uh, because we've discovered that it's not a good idea to have a membership without any filter. So we're adding the words, no person may become a member until the committees approve the application for membership mm. because we've been advised that with, as a charity we need to keep some sort of filter on the possibility that somebody might create a crowd and come and take over the assets and squander them inappropriately. Fair enough. You keep yourself um, legally bound by some good words. Yes. Oh, yeah. So everybody, of course, is uh, all the members are welcome to yep. come and encouraged to come. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that they would like to add to our program or change the focus, this is the time to let us know. All right. Give us that date again, please, Roger. That's on Tuesday the 12th of April. Yep. At 3 o'clock at right. the library meeting room right. in Barbaram. It's company WEA's AGM on that date. Now, for more details, people can look on your website as well, can't they? They can, yes. You can find us on captiwea.org.nz. Mm-hmm. And we do encourage you to look at that site frequently because any changes will be put up there. And please tell us if you want to come to anything because you will then get an email if there's any variations in location or date or whatever. Now, and non-members can actually go to some of these as, as one-offs or two-offs, but you do encourage people to become members because they get some very good uh, discounts, don't they? They do. If To come to one of our courses in the ordinary Saturday morning, um, it's a $30 fee, mm. but for $25 you can become a member and for $100, you can become a season ticket holder, which means that all the Saturday courses are free. So by the time you've been to six or seven courses, you're really doing them for about $10 each or even less. Mm. And that's a really good deal. Indeed. And it's also um, good for everybody that there's a good crowd turnout for the speakers. Mm. But sometimes I know people say, oh, I thought about it, but it seemed a bit expensive. Bite the bullet, buy a season ticket, come to everything, and yeah. it'll be really worthwhile. Yeah. And still some booklets available at places like local libraries and yes, so on? Yes, the book- booklets are available at the libraries. And uh, if you need anything more, uh, just ring the WEA or send an email. Simple as that. So kapitywea.org.nz. You're even on Facebook as well, but you're under Kapiti Learning. You go on Facebook and you go yeah. to Kapiti Learning, you can find out all about it. Yeah, and kapitywea at gmail.com will get a response. Easy. All right. See, you've been doing this job for a long time as media liaison coordinator, Roger, so we appreciate it, and I hope it gives you benefit. Yes, I hope it works well, and thanks you for the support. A pleasure. Latest in what's going on with WEA, Roger Pitchforth. We catch up with him usually every four weeks here at Coast Access Radio. (laughs) 
This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.